Darkness is your ally. You merely adopted the dark. I was born in it. Molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. By then it was nothing to me but blinding. The shadows betray you because they belong to me. Hey kids, I'm here with uh, the lone gunman Olan and the janitor Jonas. Uh, guys, do you know why Jossam is so fat? I have no idea, Sam. No. Because he don't like exorcism. <laughs> this is uh, balls of the week. Constructing old school music. Music? <laughs> <laughs> Magic, maybe. All right, Olan, what are we talking about today? Uh, today we are talking about um, the most overrated and most expensive creature in all of old school, Yusam Jin. Yeah, and uh, with us we have one of the most prolific... Pro- Prolific, just some players in X Files crew at least. Uh, Jonas, welcome. Uh, thank you, uh, Jonas, the janitor. Nice to be back and uh, nice to be talking about uh, one of my favorite cards uh, that I really enjoy uh, playing. Although I have to agree with Oland, uh, it's <laughs> very high on the overrated list. You really want to play him though, because it's like the most perfect, uh, flavorful card, I'd say. Maybe in the whole old school pool, I don't know. Yes, I think uh, one thing you can say about many of the black cards in old school is that they really drip of flavor. Uh, And I think especially many black cards do. Uh, They often require you to make... A trade of some kind for power and uh, they often uh, demand that you go pretty deep into black uh, very few of the really powerful black spells outside of twist and tutor are splashable really so if you're going down uh, the dark magic path then you really have to go down that path and I think Jusam Jin really exemplifies that uh, really well uh, in everything from uh, demanding uh, that you pay uh, quite a hefty amount of black mana uh, you pay with your life uh, but yeah. uh, he rewards you with uh, his uh, unmistakable evil grin and uh, big uh, powerful uh, presence yes yeah uh, I had some just sums and I did the only thing we never do Jonas 
You sold them. <laughs> you, you never sell old school cards at least. I don't know. Uh, Åland, you, you haven't gotten any Jusson just because you, you think he's silly or... I have, now, the, I have four Jusons. Aha, uh-huh, you have Jusons. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I traded, <laughs> I traded them uh, la, uh, last summer. Uh, and for, I've never seen you... We're, we're, we're coming to one list, I think, later on that you actually um, have Jusson in, but I've never seen you play them. I played them four times or so. Okay. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's four times at least. <laughs> uh, so, but I, when I built some Jusum decks, and I think, yeah, uh, I don't know, what, why do we feel he's so bad, as you said, or like overrated? I think that, I, I mean, he's overrated because people actually think, a lot, a lot of people actually think it's a pretty good card. I still would probably rank him like maybe top 10 creatures. Definitely not top 5, but maybe in top 10 at least. Mm. Uh, it's just that the the, cla- the card class creature is pretty weak in old school. Um, so, I mean, a- among creatures, he's still a pretty decent card. Yeah. Uh, so I think that makes people rate him higher. Um and if you want to play with creatures, um, he is a decent option, yeah. uh, for sure. But Olan, what are you like hinting on when you're saying he's like overrated? Are you agreeing with Jonas here, or? Yeah, but uh, I mean, it feels so so rough to 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 play that ritual, um, to play the Jusam and get it sorted or maze of it or bottled or whatever, like. Mm. It feels like he dies to to most uh, to most cards, but yet again he's still good against the lightning bolts. He's good against uh, yeah small creatures. Um, yeah, he can walk past them pretty good. And if you combine him with some some other cards, he's probably really good. But and then again, there's not many good creatures in black at all. Mm. Um, I mean, for me, it's. Pretty much um, Sengir Vampire and Jusam that are good creatures if you talk Swedish. Uh, the Hypnotic is pretty atrocious with everyone playing so many bolts nowadays. Mm. Yeah, like the meta is different all over the world and we're talking Swedish like rules mainly during the... F- we're mentioning some other formats maybe in the end, but uh, I agree. Uh, Maybe he's go. One last thing that's going for him is maybe that he is black also. For because if he was red, maybe like with the blue elemental blast would be the last nail in the coffin or something. And the like circle protection red. But where where could we go, uh, Jonas, to start talk even if we talk about meta and how it actually even in old school have changed as Ola mentioned. I think one thing about Jusum being black, uh, as well as Hypnotic Spectre being black and Sangir Vampire being black, is sort of uh, it's one of their biggest upsides. And uh, but that upside is also a double-edged sword, and no pun intended. Uh, it's the dark ritual that makes uh, those or, guys even yeah. playable. Um, on the other hand, the double-edged uh, sword to plowshares. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, so to speak, is that 
Uh, you really need uh. to put uh, to play these guys with some fast mana, and you need to basically use two cards to get these guys into play. Uh, but if uh, they can remove um, your threat with one card, then the game is often like it's so skewed against you if that initial play doesn't uh, work out. Um, yeah. So I think if you want to play with Jusum Jin uh, in your main deck, uh, I think uh, you have to make sure that you have a good Dark Ritual deck. Mm-hmm. That you actually get paid off for playing Dark Rituals. Uh, so that is uh, the first thing I would start looking at uh, when uh, deciding to play a card like Jusum Jin. Uh, what else can I do uh, with a Dark Ritual and uh, other types of fast mana? Yeah. Uh, and you actually wanted us to start like maybe the history of the Jusum. Uh, we have some... <laughs> spicy weird things from the past uh, going through if we, we want to start out when people actually played just some in decks yeah so back. i'm i'm somewhat of a of a nerd historian sort of i've uh, always been very interested in old school things like uh, old school fantasy uh, short stories from the 20s and 30s and uh, old school magic and old school role playing from the 70s and stuff like that uh, so i always like to go back to uh, the roots and uh, how uh, the game was played in the beginning. And uh, the two main things that people did with Jusum Jin back in the day uh, were both um, associated with uh, each of uh, t- two of the famous schools of magic. So the schools of magic uh, was a, a very popular document uh, that was... Uh, uh, shared across uh, newsrooms uh, or uh, uh, news boards back in the day and uh, later on some websites where uh, a guy called Robert Hahn um, basically uh, described his take on uh, how magic works and uh, what type, uh, what archetypes there are. Uh, yeah. And two of the archetypes are uh, Juice and Jin is a very dominating card in them and it's uh, the Sean O'Brien school mm-hmm. and it's the Handelman school. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Handelman school, I think, aged the worst of these. Um, many of the schools of magic do still today have uh, uh, analogous decks, even in modern uh, formats and in standard formats. You can all, uh, often trace lineages of decks uh, back to the schools of magic. Yeah, and you often see like some weird card slip into... like. A more modern version of the deck like why why is someone playing i don't know Ar- arena or eccentric poltergeist or whatever and usually somewhere in the past they were ex- at least succeeding <laughs> in, in some some manner way uh yeah so uh, the Handelman School was supposed to be a solution to uh, the deck, uh, which I absolutely cannot see <laughs> how, how that would have so, ever okay, worked yeah. out with something outside of luck. But the idea there was to uh, play threats that the deck player had to answer. So hmm. every card that you played had to be answered by the deck. So, uh, characteristic for the Handelman school was uh, Hypnotic Spectres, Jusum Jeans, Hymn to Torak, uh, Disenchants, Urnum Jeans, 
and uh, black vices also in several of the builds not always but in several of them um, and the idea was basically every card that i play the deck player has to answer and the deck player will at some point run out of answers mm. I, I don't think that ever worked to, <laughs> to be honest mm-hmm. uh but, I mean, back then they had four strip mines and four mana drains, so uh, the games, of course, could play out with uh, like a, a lot of random just game steals in, in that sense. And uh, if, that's the, if you're playing with more uh, disruption like that, like hymns and mana drains and strip mines, when and it works... Maybe sinkholes and... Yeah, so when that works, obviously your opponent cannot handle a 5-5 or a 4-5 uh, beating at them if they stumble yeah uh, but yeah uh, one thing you can note about the handleman deck is that it did not play dark rituals because it didn't want to lose um, in the card advantage game so it gave up tempo and the early game to be able to just consistently deploy large threats and hoping that one sticks mm. and I don't think there are decks that play like that in modern old school uh, really um, I, I don't really know what archetype would be uh, maybe like a Råberg deck <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a famous Stockholm player here we, we, yeah he, he usually plays all the fun cards and like three four colors <laughs> uh, with your sums and whatnots. so yeah. heavy hitters yeah, basically putting down heavy hitters and hoping one sticks. Yeah, And I mean, it's going to work sometimes. Um, the other school that I think uh, still lives on today, we probably would say that in modern magic, the mono brown vintage decks, like mud decks, are probably the closest. Uh, but it's the first real prison deck. And uh, what he identified with that deck was that uh, how he could exploit uh, uh, the parity of uh, Nether Void, mm. like, um, which is, of course, uh, the core of all prison decks. Is, uh, I have this effect that should affect us both uh, equally, but I'm going to do something that breaks that parity. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Sean O'Brien did that by playing, uh, uh, basically using fast mana, uh, especially uh, mana vaults, actually, um, rather than the Dark Rituals, uh, oddly enough. Yeah, but maybe uh, because of the Nether Void also. Yeah, maybe because of the Nether Void. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. So he pairs uh, the Nether Void and some sinkholes um, for the uh, lockout effect uh, together with like one big threat, like a Juice and Gin or a Vice. Yeah. Um, and that's basically his uh, game plan. And I think that is, um, that is a game plan that still exists today, uh, though not necessarily in this form but we see the uh, green black nether void decks yeah. and i think especially um, mud decks using winter orbs and uh, their incredibly strong mana yeah uh, to break that parity is uh, uh, the modern equivalents and maybe playing crumbles instead of xenic poltergeists and uh, <laughs> yeah yeah but, uh, a bit more efficient so to speak <laughs> uh yeah but i i kind of feel i i have I have a warm fussy feeling when i see nether void decks and just uh, there's something about it that you're mentioning 
Uh, and mana vaults is great just because you, you're able to... Okay, you wait a turn, but you're able to... That's the wa walk-around way of getting through with your big spells anyhow. Uh, but problematic, you like especially the Sean O'Brien version like back in the days not that many I don't know answers I'd say so like if, if you're yeah if, the, the if whole you stumble, idea is that you're you, you, it's hard <laughs> to come back from yeah uh, it's uh, it's basically uh, although th this is my favorite archetype is that you try to put something on the board that is uh, dangerous for your opponent and then start to uh, hinder their game plan by attacking uh, their mana or just disrupting their game plan in some sense, uh, which is uh, my favorite way of playing Magic. And it can be like putting down a Delver and then force a Willing their first play, or mm. putting down uh, a fat creature and then a Sphere of Resistance or whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, along those lines yeah like you you're mo many of those decks have weak spots and if you hit the weak spots you're well those decks can't do much about it but yeah if, the, the comeback factor is just not there yeah if you're able to do if the decks work if they click it's they seem like impossible to win against also so i don't know what actually why i I kind of want to play them so much, but there's something about them. I think the think the Nether Void is. I mean, I played against Nether Void quite a lot, and I think that fifty percent of the time my opponent plays Nether Void, it's good better for me than for my opponent. Mm. Um, it's it's a bit of weird play style to play prison decks because you can often lock yourself out if you don't really know what you're doing or what yeah. your plan is. Or if you have bad top decks, um, yeah, like like I mentioned, you 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 playing Nether Void, maybe having the Monovolt in mind, and what especially a the deck player can do, we could just maybe if if he cannot disenchant the Nether Void, he can disenchant the Monovolt, and or, <laughs> you usually play enough lands and can pay at least three for a Moxen or whatever, so. Or just play a relic barrier and tap down your mana vault and kill you with your own mana vault. That, that's a legit play. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think the the usual way that the, this type of deck loses is that you first put down uh, a fast Jusum Jin, and then they answer your Jusum Jin, and then you're like, well, I have nothing else to play except for this Nether Void. I guess I'll play it. Maybe I can buy myself some time. Uh, but instead, you just gave your opponent time, and they drew. Uh, uh, out of your nether void, put down a threat and then killed you. Yeah. What what you need what you need from these kinds of deck if you want to play them is like the vice more of the atog ish. Uh, like you're you're playing, you need to strangle your opponent before you try to like really hit hit the nail with the nether voids and whatever. You can't just sit out and wait and try to, yeah. So maybe a good some somewhere maybe green some place you can play a nether voidish kind of build with your sums I guess 
we we kind of left the just some trail here also, but <laughs> it's yes, easily but, uh, done. Uh, uh, he is, of course, defined uh, a lot by what type of decks he can be played in. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Olan, should we start going to the more like old school last couple of years playing Yusam? Yeah, uh, and we're trying to stick to, to Swedish for the beginning at least because it's it's such a difference playing Yusam in Swedish Atlantic Eternal Central. Noobcon 9 and Christopher Arlefer's um, famous deck that's I would say probably the worst deck to win a Noobcon ever uh, even the first ones I, don't I, I have no idea but but if you consider from 2011 when when the lists are posted uh, I think this or the Electric Eel Aggro are the two worst yeah uh, the Electric Eel Aggro is like blue red tempo yeah it's yeah. it's like it's like the counterburn deck but a lot worse with like juggernauts and electric eels and whatever um, okay but can you walk us through the noobcon 9 deck from christopher Asherlefer? yeah um it plays three juicems um maybe this is because of card availability um uh, i have no idea i should have asked him um and it plays the Hypnotics, it plays three Black Knights, Zengirs, <laughs> and then one of my favorite cards um, in old school, Underworld Dreams. Uh, and it plays Sinkholes, and it has uh, Splash for Blue Power, uh, and Energy Fluxes and Glooms in the sideboard. Uh, so basically a mono black deck. Uh, um, interesting enough it plays um, it plays five blue sources plus a lotus um, which is really greedy uh, <laughs> but i mean all the blue cards however are comeback cards i don't think you assume that you will play them no, either but, of them before like turn five or something mm. anyway yeah so but, it's not that bad <laughs> but if you sideboard in three energy flux yeah. Uh, that is true. If you, if you're, because one of his main plans with this deck is that he plays energy flux and gloom in the sideboard, so he can sideboard that in against the, like the deck and stuff. But he's, I would say that you sit with the energy flux often in your hand without blue mana. Mm. Uh, it's but, like ley lines. You're just mulligan for it. Okay. What do you, what do you think, Jonas? <laughs> works like with the deck. Like okay, so I, I actually think that the threat package of Jusum, Hypnotic Spectre, Sengir, Underworld Dreams is strong. Mm. Uh, backed Black by Knights. Dark Rituals. Uh, no, absolutely not the Black Knights. Mm. It's an awful card. Uh, but, but, but the threat package of Jusum Jin, Hypnotic Spectre, Sengir Vampire, Underworld Dreams, that is a strong threat package. 
uh, with some diversity. Um, with the dark rituals uh, that are, they are really good at powering out these cards. And if they land early and uh, you just get like a good sinkhole in or something, uh, that is sometimes enough to win. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's the only thing also sinkhole. Maybe that's the only thing that goes for the Black Knights. Mistrust is the bis- biggest problem. Maybe Lightning Bolt is even a bigger problem. I don't know. Uh, but I, I think it's the mistress factories that uh, is the most important card uh, that explains why the black knight isn't that strong mm. uh, without the mistress factory I think it's a decent uh, card because of protection white uh, it's of course not even comparable to the pump knights which are so many times better than yeah in uh, fallen empires yeah uh, but like also drain life you don't really see that that much but it's some way of using all that mana you have and also the dark rituals maybe yeah so so what can happen with this deck in theory <laughs> is uh, that you do get some amount of black mana uh, a decent drained life uh, that can uh, fuel uh, the greed yeah. Uh, that can happen and of course it's it's a deck with demonic tutor mind twist and dark rituals yep. uh, that is that is also something that wins games and we we kind of know at least what happened in the late rounds what actually happened uh, don't we Ola? why did it win do you remember no i don't remember uh, ah. i uh, i know that he won against uh, uh, Erling, uh, who has lost like three Noobcon finals. Uh, mm-hmm. And f- didn't he beat through like two or three the decks in the like, maybe not top eight, but at least like. Yeah, the... but I, I can see this deck. I mean, it's I, not. I a... just remember seeing like the energy fluxes and sometimes, like, especially with. Okay, Gloom is uh, not a... He plays three Gloom and three uh, Fluxes. And we mentioned the blue mana isn't that. You don't... But if you have it, you have it. <laughs> then Maybe you're lucky sometimes playing that. But the Gloom also sometimes you... What it needs to stick against the deck, I guess, is the Unwell Dreams, right? So it's hard to draw out of like a problem or something uh yeah i i do remember uh fluff it wasn't did play him i think he usually <laughs> he usually, usually wins yeah uh <laughs> and i i think it was somewhere around there that maybe the first time i saw gloom actually doing something uh, in a board state uh, but yeah uh yeah, the weird part about Gloom is that, like, you, at many points of the game, it doesn't matter that much if your Swords to Plowshares costs one mana or four. <laughs> like, you just have that mana, but okay, maybe you can't read the book and play the Swords to Plowshares, but, I mean... <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting because, like, if you consider playing against the deck uh, with this deck and you want to take in at least six cards... 
uh, what the hell do you take out? Um, mm. that, that's that's one of the problems here because you don't want to take out threats. Uh, at least I don't. I mean, the nightmare can always go out, but yeah. um, and you that's uh, need... the best reason for playing bad cards. You always can cut. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I figure that if you own a beta nightmare, you probably play it instead of the first anger. I mean, just for fun. Mm. And, yeah, and I agree. I remember when I talked to Hashi about this deck afterwards, uh, like a couple of months after, he he just said that it it wasn't really a really a really good deck. He wasn't like some people who play wins a tournament with some list. They say, yeah, it's a really good deck. I won this tournament with it. But mm. he wasn't yeah. bragging about it and feeling the no, deck. No, no, no. Uh, and I remember he actually. He was going to play vintage and stuff at the GothCon convention afterwards, but he just drove home after a couple of hours sleep after winning NoobCon. He skipped all the other events <laughs> of that weekend. It took it out of him. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I so, agree yeah. with what, what you can take out because maybe black knights are good because they're not they, they are surprisingly strong actually because of the protection from white yeah. sometimes they just hit like for six or eight damage or something yeah and you want the maybe you need the terror for the sarah angels and... i would just cut it and yeah. Uh, yeah. Ex- accept my fate uh with that so i would yeah. i would cut the drain lives the terror and the disc and uh, yeah, the disc basically. Like, I mean, if they the play the moat, they better. play the moat. Yeah, but oh. yeah, maybe moat and abyss is a problem. But you you have some finishers at least. So uh, yeah, and so, uh, we now we're talking about like black splashing power. And uh, those are the big finishers, like the last years. And uh, you, like all of us, <laughs> like knew that we needed to talk about uh, another, maybe better version uh, of this deck. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about, Olan? Uh Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 another version of the same deck, uh, Beyonce's deck from BSK, 2019. Uh, which he went 6-0 with. Mm. Uh, it's it's kind of the same deck. Um, uh, it plays, but it plays main deck energy fluxes, which I think is great. It plays two energy fluxes main deck. That's the big difference. Mm. Um, and it plays a main deck oubliette, but I think that was a fun off for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the, and it plays actually plays one more blue source. Yeah, and we didn't see a Chaos Orb even in uh, Hashi's deck. No, no, yeah, so. but, but that's card availability. Yep, uh, yep. Uh, but those are the minor main deck things. But what actually is going on here is like the whole 75 card pile, right, Jonas? Uh, I'm... Uh, I mean, sort of. Uh, a big thing that happens in the sideboard is the Suchis, uh, which uh, uh, you 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 can't uh, get away from uh, the fact that Sid in a bottle is a card. 
And this uh, Beyonce's uh, list actually plays CD in a bottle in the sideboard, which uh, I assume also explains the Suchis, so that um, he can play the CD in a bottle uh, metagame himself. I don't know how many times I actually did it, but at least he has the opportunity. Uh, I think uh, I think the same thing that explains why this deck uh, did well is the same reason why uh, Hush's deck did well. Uh, four Josums, four Hypnotic Spectres, two Sengir Vampires and four Underworld Dreams. That is actually a very lean and a very perfect threat package. Mm. Um, and it, it, it's something that I think developed uh, over time. Um, in the in the beginning of uh, the format, in the earlier sort of format, I think people leaned more uh, towards uh, what uh, Hashi had in his deck with the Black Knights and uh, trying out other types of black cards. Uh, but I think uh, after playing and testing a lot, that threat package is really strong, actually. Yeah. Uh, even if it's, of course, annoying that you get two for one uh, by Swords to Plowshares and Disenchants uh, a lot of the time. But, I mean, then you just deploy another threat, hopefully. Did any of you guys meet him in, uh, in the tournament, BSK? Uh, I think he beat me. I don't remember. I played a very similar deck. But but he went. White's... He went XO, like Olan said. So he probably beat you if you met him. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I... I just don't remember if if it was like uh, a side game or if he beat me in tournament. I think he beat me in tournament, but uh, my memories are always very vague about this. I yeah. played. I played uh, him on this deck several times. Maybe not in, at BSK, but but in other tournaments because this is. I mean, Beyoncé tends to play this deck or some kind of uh, Dreams combo-ish deck. That's mm. that's his main decks he plays. So, mm. uh, like, if you're putting in money in old school and you you don't own everything, and he ha- he he don't he's not a collector. Uh, yeah, he, he is. He okay, started, he's not. Maybe okay. Yeah, he, he started with the deck. Yeah, so um, okay, yeah, but. What I'm going at is like some people they go the just some route, right? <laughs> then you go from there. Uh, or some people they started out early enough, so maybe they have all the cards. And then when did you get your just sums, Olan? Like late, uh, you mentioned. Yeah, six months, six months ago, as I yeah. said earlier. Yeah. So, uh, like, if you have just sums, you want to play them, and this is like a. I think one of the most perfect builds I've seen uh, and I actually met him and I the first tournament I ever played uh, counter burn in uh, and uh, I didn't think about the city in a bottle and cyborg so game I think maybe he won 2-0 against me even I don't remember maybe I won the first but like <laughs> he uh, I had one or two permanents left from the turn before when I had the two dibs and like uh, the only <laughs> lands I had was Cedar Brosses. So it was like, okay, this is, <laughs> 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 this is like four for one me or whatever. So yeah, I think not just because of, but yeah, maybe mainly what you said, Jonas, the power of actually being able to play a turn one, uh, Unwell Dreams, Hypnotic Spectre, not like 
that the hypnotic specter thing is a real real thing actually it's like <laughs> you, you started sweat when when pe when people play at turn one and you don't have your sorts of plowshares or your lightning bolts in your hand but yeah, I think uh, me and Beyonce, we actually really like uh, the same types of decks in all formats we play. So if we play each other, like I think maybe 70 or 80% of the time, it has been some kind of mirror mm. uh, because we really enjoy the same type of deck. Uh, and uh, this type of deck, it really requires you to have heart. Uh, like you have to believe that your Dark Ritual Hypnotic Spectre is going to be an, an amazing play. Yeah. Even though you know like logically <laughs> yeah. that you can get really uh, screwed up by by it or uh, owned by that line uh, you have to look at that hand and that play and say yes mm. i got this mm. uh, and he's adapting the gloom plan like we mentioned and mesas of it i guess that's also could be nice to have i like having those in the sideboard uh, in many decks, I usually cut them out because I want to play fun cards, but uh, the Skull of Orm, <laughs> that's a fun fun addition also. Uh, maybe that's why the Obliette Skull of Orm, I don't know what, what's going no, on there. But, but <laughs> the Energy Flux, it, all the... No, but Skull of Orm is, is a decent card. I mean, he plays, mm -hmm. after sideboard, he plays four Underworld Dreams and four Energy Flux. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of uh, mana intense, but it it of course it has some synergies uh, with all the enchantment he's playing, and I actually think uh, at least after Noobcon Nine, as we mentioned earlier with the, that deck, uh, I think that was the year that people started to play uh, Circle Protection Black and or. Uh, what was it? Great Realm of Perseverance? Preservation. No, 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 no. no. They, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, but it was long before that. Okay. I, yeah, but, but um, I did see more of those cards popping up. I, and but I wanted to go to the last card was that like uh, tranquility splashing. At least Fluffy do, started doing that uh, uh, splashing yeah. tranquility in the cyber also. I started with both those cards in 2014, so mm. it it wasn't really a new. Uh, new thing, uh, Great Realm of Preservation. Uh, I didn't. I love play. that card. I played that main deck once because it was like an eight-person tournament, and I figured that everyone was gonna win with red or black, and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the. If it's a really, it's really good to have circle protections. I guess the uh, gloom kind of negates that in some games. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but like uh, tranquility uh, is a good addition to some of the control decks if you're able to if you have the mana for it I guess uh, are we going forward Olan? yep we are going forward to to black with white splash and no blue splash uh, we are going to the land of it's, I mean, it's, it's called Party Crasher by Magnus de Laval, um, but it's kind of somewhat, somewhat-ish Dead Guy Ale. Uh, and um, this one plays uh, Usam's Serras and Underworld Dreams as uh, the big, big damage cards. Uh, 
and oddly enough it plays a moat with the Jusams. Um, um, yeah. And, uh, but but the, but the main thing with this deck is place it plays land tax it plays Armageddon and Skullaform. <laughs> we have it again. Uh, actually, in main this time also. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you think, Jonas? What makes this work? Is so, it the Armageddon something thing? that's I think is really interesting is that the the typical black white deck, uh, the dead guy ale deck. Uh, you it basically never performs. It's it's one of those like forty percent, forty five percent against every deck, uh, every other deck, kind of deck. Yeah, I feel it really, that's but the way in in every format, right? <laughs> yeah, you never see like black and white. Maybe so. So uh, I th- I think that's the main reason that when we looked for uh, for deck lists, we wanted to look at decks that actually had performed well in real tournaments, and uh, the usual dead guy ale. Um, Playstyle um, just hasn't performed. Uh, this, however, I think is a lot more clever uh, than the regular one. Uh, you issue uh, a lot of the uh, easy to kill threats, like you skip the hypnotic specters, you definitely skip uh, any uh, black knights or anything, and you stick with the most power- powerful threats like Jusum and Underworld Dreams. And then, of course, Sarah Angel, which uh, is uh, one which I have uh, as at least top three mm. <laughs> creatures uh, in this format. Yeah. Um, and pairing that with, uh, uh, I think, the uh, the usual Dead Guy Ale playstyle, which is uh, combining uh, Source of Plowshares, Disenchants, and uh, uh, Sinkholes. I think the sinkholes never work out. Like you always want to have some because of the maze of eights and the, yeah. And I, I uh, think what what's also happening usually is that if you're playing a more aggressive build, you're you're playing sorts of plowshares, and if you're not playing red, you're playing white, so you don't have the reach with that lightning bolts have, and there's a lot of things that goes wrong in yeah. So could I think go the. The greatest innovation here is, of course, the land tax and the Armageddon plan, which I think is an actual disruptive plan. Mm. Uh, the sinkholes are not disruptive enough. You really don't get the, uh, get the whole uh, run the opponent over because they stumble uh, off mana because you disenchanted a mox and sinkhole the land turn five or whatever when that happens. Yeah. This, however, uh, the land tax enough uh, to make your opponent uh, stumble themselves. Mm. Uh, you can break the parity of uh, the land tax uh, with uh, the dark rituals. And uh, this means that you, you can deploy really uh, impressive threats even uh, without uh, having that many lands in play. And if they uh, try to start playing mana, you punish them with the uh, Armageddon, which really can shut down an opponent, which Sinkhole uh, can't. Yeah. I think it's really smart, really clever uh, deck design here. Yeah, and playing like the rituals uh, enables the Underworld Dreams, even though you have played the... Uh, if you draw into... like If you're having Dark Rituals, you draw into Underworld Dreams or whatever. Uh, 
maybe that's a problem otherwise if you're not playing the dark rituals how many yeah. I, I have a question for you guys how, what's the perfect number for land tax in uh, like when you're playing you, you played some land tax decks Olan. I think it depends it depends on what kind of deck if you play uh, land tax ivory tower it's uh, 3.47 but in these kinds of decks I think it's 2.17 mm-hmm. um, or something what, what do you think Jonas <laughs> you have that exact <laughs> number <laughs> I mean I'm not going to challenge that number yeah, no. that, that came from experience <laughs> I can tell but one of the most interesting things with this deck is the sideboard with four warp artifacts um uh, seriously underplayed cards because Warp Artifact and Underworld Dreams against a controlish deck is really terrible to play against. Uh, yeah. Because they do a lot of damage over time. And I remember uh, the famous uh, Gothenburg guy, Gayul, who played his The Deck Killer. Uh, I lost, like, I played three, four three game wins against 14 for him with the deck against his deck with underworld dreams and warp artifact and whatever main deck and it's it was terrible Hmm. he either destroyed my lands or artifacts or or cursed them Uh, Hmm. like and i yeah Uh, and you you only have four disenchants yeah and but like we see uh, Actually, like Divine Offering, I don't know why uh, MG is playing three disenchants and one Divine Offering in main and one disenchant and one <laughs> Divine Offering in the sideboard. There's some stuff going on here, but also... I think it's the life gain option. Okay. Uh, yeah. he, he does have the greed as well, so uh, like gaining a small amount of life is probably worth it to um, uh, give up. Uh, I mean, yeah, there aren't right. many... It, there are, there are not that many very important enchantments that this deck has to beat. Mm. Uh, it can beat a Molt. Um, Abyss, I mean, you can beat an Abyss if yeah. you have the Underworld Reads. Blood Moon doesn't do anything. Uh, yeah. And may, neither really does Energy Flux or whatever. Uh, dust to Dust, also one of in the sideboard, and another Moat, uh, and the Wrath of God, so, and the fourth pl- source of plowshares. Putting in the towers after sideboard. Maybe he, if if we listen to you, Olan, maybe one more land tax in the sideboard would be good then. Yeah, maybe, but but he can he can transform his deck quite a bit after yeah. sideboard. Uh, but I, I still don't get that main deck moat. I, I I have a really hard time seeing why why, why you play main deck moat and mm. juicems. Uh, it's you don't play them in the same game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the the one of the biggest problems with these decks is like you, when you draw, like either you draw one side or the other side, or mm. you mix them and you don't line up. Yeah. But there's actually some guy uh, I don't remember his name in um, from the Netherlands who actually has won at least one, I think, more tournaments with a dead guy ale deck, and I have no idea how he does it. <laughs> uh, but but as you said, I I mean, I, I tried this deck in the Raging Bull tournament this summer. I splashed uh, I, ordinary dead guy ale with blue splash, and it's like, 
I went too far, and mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it, it, this feels terrible. Like it's, it's a bit clunky. Uh, yeah, it it was atrocious to play. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, but it felt like oh, you played ancestral and you drew, yeah, basic <laughs> ba- basic planes and uh, spirit link and underworld dreams or yeah. something. I think maybe uh, another card that could be mentioned here is Jolum 2, maybe, if you're playing. I think that goes together with land tax a bit. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, I, I think I can really see how this, deck's, this deck could win, uh, even though all we said now, we're, we're talking generally about Dead Guy Ale. Uh, Armageddon is a card that just wins the game. Uh, and maybe that goes for moat also uh, but it's one slot that you really need as you mentioned Olan, you're not playing blue you're not playing time twisters you're not playing recalls it's sometimes it just sits there and does nothing uh, and you need all of the cards being impactful i think maybe that's what's going for mg's deck why he has so many uh what's the lifelink card what's its name Spirit yeah, it has two spirit links and three swords in main because you need to answer everything, right? Uh, and Partly, but I also think like if you... Uh, I mean, when you have a demonic tutor in a deck, uh, to some extent, all the one-offs you have two copies of. Hmm. So even though he only has one greed, yeah. um, Having a spirit link on uh, a Jusum Jin or uh, on a Sarah Angel and a Greed, I mean, that's, that is an engine. Yeah. That is a real engine. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean. A spirit link spirit goes with Skull of Orm also. Yeah, I yeah. was going to oh, say sorry. that. <laughs> uh, and, and it's like, yeah, there's some sweet synergies. And I think that Skull of Orm is underplayed in old school in general. And I think that Enchantments is underplayed because. Mm. They're so hard to remove. Um, that's why, I mean, if Warp Artifact was an actual artifact, it wouldn't be as good. But if you can up the enchantment threat in your deck, it's it's going to win some games. Yeah. Uh, with that said, are we going to, a next, to the next color combination here? Yeah. the black red um, Irvin Demmer from Noobcon 10 Highway to Hell finished 5-2 uh, so almost in contention for uh, like maybe X1 usually gets you in top 8 right yeah you can you can have usually you can have one loss and one draw mm. uh, for top 8 uh, uh, so it's a uh, Red black deck. What do we see here? We we see a different kind of threats because this deck plays uh, it plays the hypnotics and the Jusams. Um, no strange things there. It plays the rituals, but it also plays the sushis, 
and then backed up by lightning bolts, uh, lightning bolts, uh, four lightning bolts, two fireballs, a fork, a wheel, and two blood moves. What? Blood moves? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. You could probably have a shadow storm in the sideboard. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's the only thing missing it. We don't actually see the sideboard, do we? No. No, but yeah. but we we can make up our own sideboard and yeah. it could feature feature an extra blood moon and at least one shatter storm. Yep. Uh, so we have a lot of cool. Maybe this deck also would have worked with the skull of. Warm, I guess. But uh, Jonas, once again, tell us what what does this? Why would this deck work? Uh, so of course, dark ritual into big threat is uh, always a thing. Uh, main deck blood moons does steal games, uh, not as many as people might hope. Uh, sometimes I think, but uh, it does happen. And uh, I think the most important part, uh, what red brings uh, to this archetype, is reach. Uh, you uh, um, spoke about that earlier, and uh, uh, when I uh, worked a lot on uh, the Jewsome archetypes together with uh, local hero Paddan, uh, Toady, maybe, if you call him <laughs> in English, um, there were so many games where the opponent uh, basically stabilized on three, or like one to three. Uh, it happened so many games and I think he actually started uh, making his uh, initially uh, uh, mono black deck uh, at some point turned into a four color deck uh, splashing some red for uh, wheel and uh, lightning bolts uh, here the wheel is of course just uh, a way to refresh your hand in a deck that uh, tries to empty out its hand yeah. it doesn't really have the um, Underworld Dreams uh, combo, so it's just a nice uh, reset uh, your hand card. But I think the reach, uh, powerful threats plus reach is what makes this deck uh, yeah. actually and beat people. These and types of decks are the best decks with wheel that you can like unleash some lightning bolts and you have the dark rituals and yeah, so... I, uh, the sec second best decks after Atogs, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but like if you're able to un like unload your hand, um, yeah, you, you uh, really feel the power of the wheel uh, in this kind of situation. Maybe it enables Adamit's dead, but that's a minor <laughs> thing. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's uh, it's um, it's quite interesting if you discard a creature from a wheel and draw animate dead, and yeah. you have played a dark ritual. It it can happen. Yeah. But one thing that I'm I'm quite curious about in this deck and I I don't know if I like this the people that play they play one Mishra's workshop in a deck with Jew Sam's hypnotics mm. and basically just four sushi yeah I can actually he uh, has a book yeah I <laughs> yeah but that doesn't count that uh, I've been trying out some uh, blood moon decks <laughs> and uh, uh, <laughs> what, what I like about maybe yeah I agree on that uh, you need the swamps that's the hard part for this deck to manage with the blood moon in general I'd say but uh, the blood moon actually enables uh, the mana from like Mesa Vits and whatever if you're having many of those cards in your deck you can actually enable 
uh, them with playing Blood Moon. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it should have been another swamp, but it's a cool interaction sometimes that if you need more, like, you really don't, you, you want to play the workshop early, like those cards you mentioned, but you're not playing that many of them also, so it's a back and forth. I, I completely agree that uh, if there isn't uh, some really clever sideboard justification for uh, uh, the <laughs> workshop, it's uh, a swamp would have been yeah. <laughs> a lot better. Maybe it would have been 6-1 if that had been a swamp instead. And this is like the... We've been walking through this all along. Uh, all of the decks we looked at earlier is playing Underworld Dreams. Uh, but playing Blood Moon and Underworld Dreams, that's a hard thing to do. Uh, even maybe with the Dark Rituals, what do you guys think? I, I think uh, this deck leans incredibly hard on the Dark Rituals, but uh, I also I, I find that Underworld Dreams and Dark Ritual is uh, an acceptable combo. Uh, to I, I mean, to consider that a combo in your deck. Mm. Um, it, it, I think that's fine. It but, uh, makes the mana one, better in a way. One of the things I wonder is, like, did he have Underworld Dreams in his sideboard or not? Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, because that could be a sideboard card. And he plays one sinkhole. I think that it's fine to play one to two sinkholes. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, it's like we've seen uh, a lot of, uh, like Jonas, you and I, uh, like the Stockholm crew, early noobcons, we always play the deck. And it's the Berlin way of going about. He plays usually one Stone Rain, uh, I do believe. Uh, and I think Svante picked that up also. Uh, you need to answer like some specific lands usually really but, early but uh, yeah you want you want four answers for library mm. um, that, that, that's why you play one one uh, um, land uh, land destruction spell mm. so yeah the same call in, as Jonas mentioned playing black demonic tutor uh, you're able to fetch it uh, and you have uh, usually playing chaos orbs and uh, and like w th there's a lot of ways this deck could go uh, within its 75 I guess uh, it could go the uh, like Beyonce maybe not taking an influxes then we already said shatterstorms uh, if you want that maybe that doesn't combo though with the sit in a bottle if you're Taking out uh, the use sums, that is. Uh, but maybe some. I, I would probably play at least once in a bowl. Uh, but yeah, but you don't take in energy flux and sit in a bottle in the same Yeah, matchups. that's okay. Yeah, okay. Well, then because, it works out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it because you you take in you take in sit in a bottle against. Uh, Serendip decks uh, and Arabian Aggro, and you don't want Energy Flux against those decks. Yep. Maybe some so, terrors, maybe one terror. I don't know. Yeah, I I can see a lot of a lot of cards that are, would be good in sideboard here, but it's 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 hard to guess what yeah. what Irvin played. Um, hmm. um, what, what? Maybe he he didn't have a sideboard, and that's why he finished five two. We don't know. <laughs> that would have <laughs> been have so cool. 
Maybe he was too drunk. We have no idea. Yeah. Maybe he was 5-0 and dropped. We have no idea. Yeah. Uh, so we're also seeing a lot of decks like these playing uh, disc, like one of. And I think that's a. It, yeah, it works out, I guess. Uh, what, um, do you want to go to our. <laughs> The, yep. some other version here of uh, yep. Jazan. Um, yeah, uh, this is um, this is um, for all the new players. Um, this is a trap. Uh, don't go this way. This is an expensive deck that plays Stone Rain, Sinkhole, and Ice Storm and Jusams. Uh, it's the deck called Ponsa. Uh, it's a trap. It's not a good deck. Don't do this. Uh, it, it, it never works, uh, or I mean, it works sometimes. But, yeah, and those yeah. are the times you really remember. <laughs> yeah, but the, the problem is like with land destruction in this format, it's like, yeah, okay, you draw your hand with three mana sources and three land destruction and whatever, a regrowth. Mm. And your opponent goes like land, mox, mox, soul ring. Yeah. So we're looking at a green, black and red deck uh, and it's actually uh, you c it's featured on the Wakwak site you can check out the Ponza deck there uh, no splash for power maybe that's the first if you're if you're playing three colors you might as well go there maybe uh, and the threats we have you some as you mentioned we don't have that many threats that's the problem also maybe sometimes yeah, because the thing with this archetype that, uh, I mean, it was really popular uh, early in the game uh, because people couldn't build mana bases. Yeah. Not everyone had all the moxen. Mm. And uh, the, the, the decks weren't like linear. You, you were playing 10 cards, like creatures that cost five, six mana. Yeah, whatever. so... So land destruction actually worked <laughs> mm. uh, in in, in uh, the early days of the game. Uh, but I think I remember an article uh, from an old Swedish uh, magic sign uh, that described uh, in this archetype that you need at least 17 land destruction spells. And if you are playing, uh, and this deck doesn't even do that, it has uh, 12 spells and a strip mine. No, it has flash fires and uh, one tsunami, I think. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no, it's getting close twister. at least. And a desert twister. It, it's, it's getting close well, to 30, the 17 40, 40, 15, 16. Uh, no chaos orb, though. That, that would have been yeah, 17. So, so it could have been 17. Yeah. So let's say you have 17 <laughs> cards dedicated to land destruction. And then you have to have, I mean... 26 27 mana yourself this car uh, this deck uh, this version plays with um, uh, birds of paradise and uh, i mean you don't have a lot of slots left after that mm. <laughs> um, and we see it because this deck plays four mishras and four jusams yeah um, yeah uh, and uh, and this is a deck that might lose to turn one scrib sprites turn two scrib sprites yeah, we have lightning bolts, but we don't have. Yeah, but yeah, but still, it can lose to like one one creatures. Yeah, yeah. That they, yeah, you need that to... they play from their land, and then you destroy the land, and they still have their creature. Yeah. So and playing sinkholes in a three color deck, there's a lot of we're we're not playing dark rituals here either, so uh, we're leaning on weird stuff to happen, I guess. 
Uh, yeah, way, way too much happens in this format before you have three mana for your sinkhole. Uh, uh, three mana for your stone rain yeah. uh, to do anything of importance. Maybe this deck was made and posted when Wise was uh, restricted. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, but... um, and I don't know. Uh, I mean, I know the guy that made the deck. Uh, I think he borrowed a lot of the cards, probably, and didn't have... I think he had some power back then. Yeah. He, he's the guy that has had power many, many times. So. Yeah. But I think he probably borrowed or built something from another guy's card pool and took what he could build. Yeah. I don't think the, this was the, the, the deck he wanted to play, if he could yeah, play and any deck. When we're talking, we're having like a bit spiky conversations but it's like we're, we're trying to th think about what makes what you can make of some decks i guess and we're not putting down uh, uh ones on here uh clearly all the people out there at least if this is early also in 93 and 94 you're not owning all the cards you can play whatever you like we just put this uh, like we wanted to mention Ponza, I guess, and we had this. Yeah, yeah, because it's a ready. trap. It's, I mean, you uh, talked earlier about that you actually had Jusums before, and then you sold them, and I mean, what the first the deck you played, your Jusums in yeah. was uh, a John style a land destruction deck, uh, and then you got um, no pun intended disenchanted with uh, the Jusum card, and uh, then you sold them. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, that tells you how much of a trap this archetype can be. Uh, and uh, it's actually fun sometimes. You, you can go play this deck and whatever. Uh, and if you want to play some kind of version of this deck, you need to you need to really figure out your threats. And I actually think the best way of going about is maybe, like we mentioned earlier, the O'Brien like way. We have some Russians playing. the The Russian version of this deck is more of a Nethervoidish deck, and not that many. You can't play that many land destruction cards and have the being able to win, I guess. Uh, so <laughs> yes. somehow you I've... need to some better way of making your opponent stumble and like using the land destruction also as a thing. I just think this deck is like zero fun factor. Mm. There's no fun place in this deck at all. Uh, for that, you or for the opponent? No, I don't think it's fun for anyone mm. uh, in general. I mean, you, you basically play three, two or three mana spells that kills your opponent's land, and then you hope to draw a threat and hope they don't have a removal. Yeah. Uh, that That's your game plan. Yeah. Uh, for all the games you play. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you guys think about Titania's song? Uh, in like. Oh yeah, I really like Titania's song. I just wish it cost two mana instead of four. Mm. Do you agree? If it had cost them more like two, I think it would have been a really powerful option in the format. Yeah. Uh, that's the kind of the energy flux for green, I guess. But also. Uh, you can set up maybe something in these kinds of deck that makes you able to win in one turn with them. No, no, you don't. You don't have enough artifacts. It's, no, if I, I'm, I'm not talking about this deck specifically. If you if you want to try to adapt a version, maybe you could go that way. I don't know. Yeah, because the the thing that makes 
Titania Songo that some people don't know about is even if you disenchant it, the artifacts are still creatures. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, you, you can't just win by disenchanting it. Uh, so, so that that but in this deck, uh, the Ponza deck, it's just a mox killer. I mean, mm. four mana kill your kill all moxa. Yeah, that, that that's what it's there for. Yeah, and it's kind of a fun deck. We can actually see it in the picture. As I mentioned, flash fires and tsunamis and like one of desert twisters and just put it together. Now we're going this route and. That's the fun part of the deck, but I agree. The playing part maybe isn't that fun when you actually sit down and do the games. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's move on to the next deck. Yep. Uh, and this next deck, um, which I don't know how good it is, but the fun factor is a lot higher in this deck for sure. Uh, it's the Machine Head deck. I don't know why it's called machine head in old school uh, i would like to hear why people call it that because that's some kind of weird black red deck yeah it's pre-modern pre-modern black red is sometimes called machine head uh, yeah it's some yeah it's an old deck but not like old school deck right yeah but basically the machine head deck in old school is five colors you have Jewsums and some other big creature. This one runs Sengir Vampires. Um, you have the Rituals, you have the Birds, you have four Berserks, and then you have basically all the restricted cards. Uh, and the deck you're talking about uh, was played by Free Space in Noobcon 2014. So it's actually a top eight. It wasn't 2014, the Noobcon wasn't maxed out then, was it? No, I think 2014 was like 45 players. Yeah, uh, it's still an ac- accomplishment for this deck. To this is the fun factor deck, as as you mentioned. I I, I would agree with that. This is the Rawberg uh, <laughs> way to go. Uh, what why what what does it do, Jonas? What what do you want to do with this deck actually? Uh, again, uh, dark rituals to power out an incredible threat, and then you want to double the power of that threat with your berserks. Mm. Uh, th- that is basically it. You want to play uh, the fattest uh, kid on the block and uh, hit with it. Yeah. Uh, you do have some disruption uh, with the swords to plowshares and disenchants, and um, and you have the power uh, a balance yeah. even, which doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think but, that. Uh, well, yeah, maybe, maybe it, all of the creatures except b- for birds, birds and balance. Yeah, maybe uh, mm. are maybe not at the moat and the juicem level, but it's yeah, pretty close. But all of your creatures, at least, if you're not powering them out by dark rituals and uh, like lotus or whatever, they're they cost a bit to play. Ah, uh, sure, sure, so but yeah, they're bigger creatures. Uh, I don't know. I'm just but yeah, trying what, what to make you, it work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so what you're doing is basically you're trying to navigate uh, to a strong uh, berserk turn, uh, the fastest uh, and safest you can. Mm. And we have my favorite, uh, I think, kind of favorite green card in the sideboard. At least, like for blue, the the most fun card to play when you're to surprise your opponent they avoid fates uh, there uh, and that's like force spiking your opponent in a way 
so that helps you a, a bit going through with the Berserks, I guess. Uh, and we have uh, the Solkanar and a Yuan, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. that's because he's named Yuan. Ah, I see. But, uh, okay, Solkanar in main, Yuan sideboard. We have Lightning Bolts, we have Red Elemental Blast, we have two Detonates. Uh, all of those are in the sideboard with the Void Fates and one Source of Pleasure. So it's a bit back and forth off the sideboard, I guess. You can either take in Lightning Boss for Reach or more removal or... Yeah, you can do some stuff, I guess. And it's heavy on black, but maybe the biggest problem for the deck, except for only having creature threats, <laughs> is uh, the mono base, maybe. What do you guys say? I mean, it it's pretty decent actually. It has four CD of brass, and I mean, you of course uh, assume uh, all the drawbacks of CD of brass. Um, you just live with that with a, a mana base like this. Uh, but but that does mean that um, you have, uh, I think that's like twelve. Black sources, excluding um, uh, the Lotus and the Dark Rituals. And it's basically 10 or 11 of all the other colors. Uh, so it's actually it's actually really stable. It's just that it, open, it opens itself up to Blood Moons and City in a Bottle. And uh, he just... I mean, you can't play this deck uh, <laughs> in, a, in an environment where you have decided that those are cards you want to be worrying about. Yeah. Either you just accept that you will lose to them, uh, or you play a different deck. Yeah. You're, you're trying uh, to have fun, and one for many people, old school, you want to play some of the creatures we mentioned, uh, some fun creatures, and with this deck you can actually do that. I've, I think one of the thi fun uh, things with this... Um, with this deck that is that I think it can be really good in some niche formats. We talked a bit about uh, the old school 93 format where you can only play Alpha, Beta, Unlimited and Arabian Nights and sit in a bottle is banned. Mm. Um, which basically makes this deck lose nothing. Uh, yeah. And it you, you, you can't face Blood Moon or sit in a bottle. Uh, maybe also the the problem is you're playing all of the colors here. So uh, I was thinking about the unified, uh, like we played. Uh, <laughs> you're playing. The problem here is you're, you're taking lands. Yeah, and you're, taking, uh, you're taking everything. So, but creatures yeah, are really good in unified. The... Uh, yeah. I think. <laughs> no. I, I think, think this is the least unified <laughs> deck I have ever yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah. But creatures at least are good there, maybe. I think that my unified strategy, my unified strategy was a take on this deck, the green black, where I played rituals, berserk, urnams, juicems, uh, birds, whatever, and I had the mind twist in that deck because mind twist with uh, the rit rituals, rituals, yeah. rituals is is good, and I have mana vault, so I think there's. I think this can inspire a unified strategy, but you don't want to put all your mocks and a lotus and ancestral and draw sevens in, mm. and, waste and also it. the white cards. Yeah, yeah. So, but but yeah, I I still think this deck has a lot of fun factor compared to the Stone Rain Ice Storm Sinkhole <laughs> variant. Yeah, 
yeah, I, again, this is uh, I talked earlier about uh, deck archetypes that need the player to have heart. This deck is all heart. Yeah. This is dark ritual out your threat, yeah. and then you berserk it, and uh, it works or it doesn't. And the, I, this, I specifically, think... this deck is all black bordered, and uh, yeah, that's a lot of hard. Yeah, also. it's it's a beautiful yeah. deck aesthetically. I, yeah. I think that um, I think that some of the players that play this deck has a lot of heart. Uh, two guys I know that love this archetype are. Uh, Joval King and Marcus Lundqvist, mm. um, <laughs> and both both players have a lot of heart. Yeah, that is and, very true. Uh, yeah. so, I met Joval King sometimes, and he always like in I, actually in Dubcon, uh, and he plays the real similar deck. Yeah, and uh, the problem also for these kinds of decks are maybe Blood Moon and. Yeah, a lot of bad stuff. Can yeah, happen, this is not a coward's deck. Exactly. Let's just say that. <laughs> you actually brought your own, uh, uh, like, December, not that long ago, you played uh, your son, uh, uh, Olan. Yeah, but uh, oh. this is uh, this was in the pa Northern Paladins format, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of restrictions. And I play, to, according to me, the best version of Yusam uh, in Swedish, uh, which is when you play, you don't play the main deck, but you always board them in uh, on the draw. I play a Dreams combo deck, which already has the Dark mm -hmm. Rituals. So it's a Neos uh, tournament we're talking yeah. about here. Yep. Yeah, so I top aided with this deck and the reasoning was that um, people know that people board Jusams in this deck but what are, what are they going to sideboard against? Uh, are they going to sideboard against creatures um, or not? Yeah. So basically I always took them in on the draw and I always took them out on the play. So tell us uh, what the deck consists of. Is there, what, what are the restrictions that we need to know? Are there, are there uh, a lot of them or no not uh, uh, mind twist and library are banned uh, maze of it and mistress factory are restricted uh, tabernacle at pendrel whale is restricted that's why i play it because it's obviously a overpowered card <laughs> if it's restricted so i put it inside um, that's how vintage so, works restrict uh, the card put it in main you're not you're doing yeah. it wrong <laughs> Yeah, uh, so so basically, it plays underworld. It's a it's a lottery ticket deck. Um, you play underworld dreams. Um, you play black wise. You play howling mines, lightning bolts, and draw sevens, and you hope to deal twenty damage with that. Yeah, uh, and after sideboard, you take in the juicesums and beat them to death with juicesums because they uh, keep boarding against your comboish strategy yeah like maybe they have as many people are figuring out their cyborgs they go okay the deck maybe workshopish kind of sort of decks they have like 10 cards against the uh, i don't know maybe energy flux ish kinds of cards and you play yeah. just some gin and they've taken out maybe swords and whatever and I think that I only played four Jusams as the only creatures in my sideboard. I think that you could you could easily put in four Hypnotics as well and bring in eight creatures. Yeah. So you can take take out more artifacts and and just beat them to death with the 
the creatures that are easily to ritual out. Yeah, it um, kind of depends on how, as you mentioned, like in the beginning, when we start talking, how m- many lightning bolts are going around, maybe. Because you usually don't take them out anyhow. I think that a lot of people uh, would take out lightning bolts uh, against this deck, uh, depending on what they have in the sideboard. Yeah. Uh, of course. But you could have um, like sushis or whatever. Uh, but no, sushis, yeah. you can't have sushis because they take in <laughs> artifact hate. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, so. But some but sort yeah. of uh, creatures maybe in the cyber also. Uh, some people I've heard, uh, I have never tried that, I've never seen it myself, but some people play like Jewsams and Sedge Trolls. Yeah. Uh, you can even have 12 creatures, you can take in Jewsams, Hypnotics, and Sedge Trolls, just bring in 12 creatures. Mm. And hedge that they don't bring in any creature removal. But then again, you might have a weird game tree then. <laughs> because nobody is knowing what goes on then. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, but I, I think that in, in Swedish oriented formats, which I think that uh, which I think that the Paladin format is Usams uh, is best in the sideboard. Mm. But that's my yeah. take. Or or some other like weird Beyonce strategy where you have Jusam's main and you take them out and take in bottles and sushis, which I also think is a, a reasonable strategy. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that we, I I wrote up that we're ending with maybe mentioning uh, like Atlantic, but you touched on that, Jonas, uh, with the Pump Knights and Oland. You also when we wanted to. When we were thinking about what we were talking about today, uh, you wanted to know: Are we talking Swedish? And yes, we're we're we're, we're speaking English, but we're talking Swedish magic here. Yeah. So, what what happens in Atlantic in, in general? We don't need to go through decks, but what's the big difference? Would you guys say? Him to Torak is the big difference. Um, you get to, to clear the path for your Jusams with the hymns um, yeah. uh, before you play them. Um, and the pump pump knights are also good, but yeah, I've, the hymn is the all-star uh, in mono, mono blackish decks in Atlantic. Mm. Yeah, and those fits in real nice with the uh, like dark rituals uh, also. Uh, maybe we, uh, we, we, we've looked at so many decks now, uh, but okay, maybe not black wise then, but it still works with Thunderbolt Dreams and it still works with everything else we mentioned. Uh, like the power of, what did you say starting out, Jonas? Thunderbolt Dreams, Yusam Jin, uh, Hypnotic Spectres. Am I missing something? Yeah, same gears in that case, yeah. but uh, I think the same gears are uh, the least important yeah. part of you that threat package. Put in two or two. The the package is somewhere around there. Uh, yeah. Uh, have have we missed anything? Is it anything we should add? Uh, well on. I don't know. Uh, I think that. Um Yusam is a scary path. Um, they cost a lot, and if you get them, you want to play them more than you should. Um, that, 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 that's my take on Yusam. Yeah. But but when you when when you win with Yusam, it may all be worth it. Yeah, that's a good uh, 
Note to end on. Jonas, do you agree? Uh, yes, I agree. I wanted to say something uh, about uh, the prevalence of uh, City in a Bottle and uh, uh, that, how that has skewed the playability yeah. of Jilsom uh, uh, Jin, but uh, maybe you could cut the episode so Orland goes last because <laughs> that ending was very poetic. I can put him in then and, and take your version. <laughs> or, or just repeat that yeah, part because yeah. that was great. Um, is a scary path. They cost a lot, and if you get them, you want to play them more than you should. That's my take on Jusam. When you win with Jusam, it may all be worth it. <laughs> <laughs>